Welcome to the St. Gabriel Catholic Radio Faith Dialogue with Bishop Robert J. Brennan, the Bishop for the Diocese of Columbus, for the 22nd week of Ordinary Time. Welcome, Bishop Brennan. Thank you, Dave. It's good to talk with you. And with you. And with you. We're coming off a spectacular, prayerful weekend. It has been an extraordinary weekend, um, filled with many, many graces. Even before the weekend, on Thursday, I had a gathering with all the priests, and um, we began looking at the particular local situations, really rolled up our sleeves. Now, that in September will be a conversation that will be had at every parish level. There'll be multiple meetings, two meetings, I think, in every parish, so 200 meetings, 200 conversations, just talking about what the situation is in every area of the diocese, what the projections are in terms of our priests who are available to serve, um, what, and, and then different options on how we might work together, how we might be poised to meet the challenges of the future. So that was a roll-up-your-sleeve kind of work day, and we'll be doing that more broadly. But then the next day, I think even more importantly, many of our priests, religious leaders, deacons, uh, religious brothers and sisters, I should say, Mm -hmm. uh, deacons, and then leaders from parishes came together to pray at the cathedral. We, it was part of our Eucharistic gathering. What an experience for us to be together, having done some work together, for us to be together in the presence of the Lord and, um, and to pray. And we had a beautiful Eucharistic procession around the cathedral. Now, um, the cathedral is small, so we had to limit the participation at that, but um, it was carried by the live stream, and you actually were broadcasting it on St. Gabriel Radio. We were, yeah, and uh, the your, your talk is available uh, on our archive page, our special features archive page at stgabrielradio.com, as is uh, Saturday's activities. Well, that's it. So Saturday, we had the broader... Um, we had the broader... Um, gathering and anyone could come to that we um we had a number of people together and again in the presence of the lord we had archbishop perez's keynotes and and exactly so if you missed it if you couldn't be there if you weren't able to listen directly don't give up there's still possibility and please go to the saint gabriel website and to the special events and listen to those talks. Do it on your time, maybe a little bit at a time. Um, it's worth it. It really, um, I was so moved by what um, Archbishop Perez had to say. Uh, Archbishop Perez, uh, the Bishop of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, gave two talks. Uh, the first talk was Real Presence, and then the second talk was Real Future. And uh, Bishop, what I was struck by I was here in the studio, so I wasn't able to be in person at at St. Charles on Saturday. But here from the studio, I was struck really by two things. Um, The body of Christ coming together. Um, I had the uh, the, uh, YouTube stream going, uh, so I was able to watch it also. So you have our Lord um, 
the real presence there in, in the monstrance. So just the sense of the body coming together uh, in front of the Lord. Second impression was the joy. I mean, it, it was at times infectious. It was very genuine that um, it was just a joyful gathering from start to finish. It really was. I I experienced that by being there um, firsthand. I could see it and people, we talked to each other. Um, there was a real sense of joy, a real sense of hope. We'll talk a little more about hope, but there was a real sense of um, of our being united. And, and it is, the joy is being in the presence of the Lord Jesus. And knowing that you have a close friendship with Archbishop Perez, it, it's always nice to be able to share something that's special to you with your friends. Did, did you have that sense with Archbishop Perez that just being able to share what we have here in Columbus with a good friend? Yes. You know, that's well said. Exactly. So um, he is a good friend. And as you know, he was before Archbishop of Philadelphia, he was the, um, the Bishop of Cleveland. So our neighbor. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we were ordained together as auxiliary bishops on Long Island back in 2012. And, and I wanted to share his wisdom and his joy with the people of this diocese. But you hit something very important. I, it, it, it was kind of neat to share with a friend the exciting and the amazing things that happen here in Columbus and the amazing people who are here in Columbus. Um, it, there is something kind of nice about being able to share that with a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, did he have any impressions uh, of the weekend that you'd want to share or anything that stood out for him being here? I think he was struck by that sense of joy as well. I think he was stu- uh, struck by the sense of commitment. Um, um, and and even with, uh, it, it, with the priest, he was able to connect a little bit, very, very yeah. briefly, um, uh, he he sees what I see in, in our priest, um, that there's a sense even there of joy and of um, fraternity um, that, yeah, yeah, we have, we always, we all have our issues. Every presbyterate has its issues, you know, things that we might be um, at odds with each other or see, see through different lenses, you might say. Mm-hmm. But there's something deeper than even that. And I, I sense it among the frater- that fraternity of the priest, and he coming in from outside picked up on that. Unfortunately, the way the day was structured, um, we neither he nor I had that chance to mingle. Right. You know. So first of all, because of the very and, and pr- appropriately ordered schedule. I mean, boy, this was really well done. And because we were in a setting whereby it began with Holy Mass and then Mass was um, concluded with exposition of the Blessed Sacrament, and so all of the talks the whole morning was in the presence of the Lord. Again, 
that was an amazing that was a that was that was i was going to say amazing grace <laughs> that, <laughs> that was a, a, a grace right um it set a tone but it didn't allow for you know a, a break and everybody get together up and down and uh, have coffee and mingle with each other so we did not neither he nor i had the chance to interact at a personal level with too many people who were there um, that that was one sense of loss, but it's a loss that came at a greater good because we were in a, it was a different kind of a gathering. We were there from start to finish in prayer in the presence of the Lord. Um, so it was very different than any other kind of convocation or conference or anything else that we had. Um, but but the. Like I said, as a result, we didn't. He did, he really didn't get to talk to too many people, aside from the night before, as the priests were coming and going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it was beautiful, and I agree with you completely. That the the just the pacing of the program, and um, I think what was intended was accomplished uh, for the day. Uh, that it was to spend um, several hours in front of the Lord and and to pray and and to listen to his voice as we go forward now that was a the big part of uh, archbishop Perez's second talk was about mission mission and going forward and that ties also into the concluding uh chapter of from christendom to apostolic mission which is entitled readiness to embrace the times we are given and it's all about hope. It's all about hope. You know, the temptation, um, it's sort of the time version of the grass is greener on the other side. Um, instead of the, it, it's, it's that more the grass is greener in another age. Mm-hmm. And we can all fall into that trap of, um, you know, longing for the good old days. And maybe sometimes we forget certain parts of the good old days that maybe weren't all that good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But in every age, there is good and there is sorrow. Um, And one of the main points of the book is that in every age, there are um, great advantages, but also great challenges. And even in Christendom, there are great challenges. So the the book concludes um, with really, it's more like an epilogue. It's very short. But that sense of being of embracing the time that we are given. You and I live today, all right? Um, we're not, I, I did live 50 years ago, but um, I wasn't uh, responsible for the care of the church 50 years ago. Right. Um, my participation in the church, well, that was probably um, like fifth, first communion. <laughs> it, it was a very, you know, my experience of the world. But But the fact of the matter is, I'm living today as an adult, as a priest, as a bishop in 2021. And um, and so the call is to embrace that, the reality, and every bit of it, the good and the bad, the, um, the challenges, and, and to say, this is where the Lord has put me today. This is where the Lord put you today. Mm. Um, earlier in the book, he said, you know, use that expression, you were born for this. You were born to 
Be where you are and do what you're doing in 2021. You were born for this. And the Lord has placed you into the world at this time. So we embrace it. We acknowledge what the truths are. And we went through that over these last weeks as we spoke about some of the challenges of living in a time of apost- an apostolic age, apostolic mission. Um, and um, and the thing is that we we live in the time that we live, but we live with hope. And Archbishop Perez spoke about it. But I just want to take the quote that um, the author makes from uh, Pope John Paul II at the, the turn of the century. Um, he said, let us go forward in hope. A new millennium is opening up before the church like vast oceans upon which we shall venture, relying on the help of Christ, the Son of God who became incarnate 2,000 years ago out of love for humanity, is at work even today. We need discerning eyes to see this, and above all, a generous heart to become the instruments of his work. We go forward in hope. And that was a key message in Archbishop Perez's talks in both of them. In the beginning, he spoke about about hope. Mm. And and I think um, what I heard also was... uh, to have confidence because of that hope. I, That's right. Sometimes we, I find myself, um, you know, not, you know, maybe I'm not quite prepared to talk about this or I'm not ready to have this conversation or to share my witness in this way. But I need to, I, I think we all need to have more confidence and, and as uh, the second reading from last Sunday said, be doers of the word. Um, That's right. He, you know, you know the, the Lord will equip us. The Lord will equip us. The Lord will equip us. But also, that becomes part of the challenge of the church in the 21st century. So, um, and, that, and, and this speaks directly to what we're trying to do. The DMI, the Disciple Maker Index, remember the survey we mm-hmm. all did back in the beginning of Lent? And um, the... The results of that have been published, and one of the challenges before us, which is a great thing, it's an opportunity, that the good news is mass-going Catholics who participated in the surgery, and a good number of those who actually go to mass did this, mass-going Catholics do believe in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, in overwhelming numbers. So that kind of contradicts some of the national um, uh, surveys, but there are, there, there are different surveys, and, 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 and I, would, I would raise some questions about the, the Pew Study survey, not to doubt it, but just to say, what does it really mean? I think mm-hmm. it's more a crisis of expression than it is of faith. Yeah. But among mass-going Catholics, we, there's a high belief in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. Not a surprise. But then... It says there's a desire among the faithful of the of the uh, there's a desire among faithful Catholics in the Diocese of Columbus to grow in confidence in being able to share their faith. Mm. That's the desire. That's what comes out of that Pew study. It's exactly what you said. Um, what you described for yourself is true for so many of us. It's that that confidence. First of all, to say, yeah, I am well equipped. So we have to make sure that we can help people to be well-equipped. 
but also confidence that this is the right time, confidence that this is the message, confidence that that the, the message of the gospel is a stronger message than that of the world. And that's in that epilogue, you, you know, basically what, what you're seeing is it seems like the voice of the church, the voice of the gospel is being drowned out right now by the secular values, uh, by, um, I would call it, there's a, I think there's a secular religion with its own sense of morals and values um, and how you should act and how you should speak and people are shut down for saying certain things, but it's based on a, on a different value system. It's not based on the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and, and, and basically it's rooted in a desire. This is what comes out in the, in the book. It's rooted in a desire for what's faster, more attractive, leaner, quicker, ready to go, you know, faster foams, better screens, um, uh, not necessarily freedom, but um, we would use the term license, you know, to be who you are, to be what, to do what you want, to be who you want to be, to define the world around you. And so there's a, there's a whole value system that at, that's at work that's in opposition, and it seems to be being drowned out. But there's a desire for something more. You can start to see it. It comes out in very twisted ways. But there's a desire for something deeper, something eternal. And that's, the gospel has that. So part of the confidence is knowing that the gospel of Jesus Christ will outlast even the mores, the so-called religion of the current age. And um, so, so, yeah, confidence. Confidence in the power of the gospel. Confidence in our ability to speak. Confidence in it being right to do. And big one, confidence that Jesus, in the real presence of Jesus, not only in the Eucharist, but in the real presence of Jesus in the world, that he is truly alive. Mm. Not, it's, it's not just a... Um, an inspirational message from the past, but that Jesus is truly alive and that he's walking among us even now, especially now. I, I was so struck. And again, it was, it was so perfect. Um, having exposition during these talks when, you know, Archbishop Perez said things like, I mean, he made a joke out of it. He said, I have news for you. I have news. None of us is going to be around in a hundred years. <laughs> We're all going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's right. And as I get older, a hundred years doesn't seem like all that much time, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, yes. like when I think of a hundred years ago in nineteen twenties, oh, that's not exactly ancient history. <laughs> no, when 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 a hundred years ago is back in the eighteen hundreds, I I thought of a hundred, and I was younger. I thought, oh, a hundred years is a long time ago, but. A hundred years going back to times when you know, cars were starting to be invented and a lot of the communications were beginning. Like, yeah, a hundred years isn't exactly ancient history. Well, in a hundred years, we won't be here. And then he pointed. He pointed over to the monstrance. Mm. And he said, but he will be. 
That's beautiful. He was, he, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. He was here 100 years ago. He'll be here 100 years ago. So the one constant, it's not you, it's not me, it's not any of our programs. It's Jesus. He will be here. There's our confidence. There's our hope. Amen. And that confidence and that hope is so important, especially when we find ourselves either personally or um, folks around us or even folks on the other side of the world. I'm thinking of um, recent events like um, Hurricane Ida, Haiti, Afghanistan. That hope and and that confidence has to be found in, in the Lord. To, to go through situations like this. It, you're so right. You're so right. Um, you know, um, we pray, and I've been, I, I, I'm asking people to pray um, heartily for all those who are suffering these days. Um, you know, we, the, the, um, the news now, and, and it's not surprising, but, you know, as... Daylight emerged yesterday in New Orleans, and we saw the depths of the devastation and the destruction and the suffering of people even now. Um, We pray. Um, I remember when Sandy hit Long Island, and that was probably small compared to what they're experiencing right now in New Orleans. In the midst of that, struggle, I was struck by the goodness of people, overwhelmed, overwhelmed by the goodness of people responding and by the way that people put aside differences and tried to help one another in the midst of their own suffering, but then people from outside just pouring out whatever help they could give. Um there's something that comes it's the human spirit but again that sense of hope people of hope are not devastated they build up one another in in that hope um in in Haiti um yeah but Haiti has suffered so much both you know with with, with strife with political strife um and 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 um and, and all kinds of poverty, and then another earthquake. They're still kind of reeling from the one several years back. Um, so this was in a different part of Haiti, a part that was less populated. So the numbers aren't as uh, stark, but but the destruction is as real. And uh, and now you worry about things like disease. So we pray for the people of Haiti, and I'm so appreciative of. Uh, people's response in different parishes to the collection. I'm sure there'll be opportunities to help the people in New Orleans. Um, and then um, and then Afghanistan. My heart was broken last week, um, as was so many, to hear of the terrorist attack, um, the innocent men and women who and children who were killed in that attack, our own service men and women who were there at pure generosity mm-hmm. um, to, to evacuate other people. Um, it, it's heartbreaking. Um, the, the, we pray for those who are left behind um, and hope that those who need to escape can escape, that those 
who are you know our own countrymen can be brought back to their their homes um and other people and uh, you know who who need that help can get out i pray for religious freedom you know i pray for christians who were left in in afghanistan i hope that their religious freedom will be respected i don't know what to think um but i pray i i, I pray um this there's such there's so many things I won't go into all the particulars, but we pray for all of those those who are suffering um, there, and again for the extraordinary men and women who put themselves in harm's way um, under very difficult situations. Let's just I'll just leave it at that under yeah. almost impossible circumstances. Just did what was right, right? What was right? Amen. Well, as we uh, wrap up today's uh, faith dialogue, why, could you lead us in prayer um, for these intentions? Yes, and, and you know, then as we also look at all these blessing. intentions, as we seek to be hearers of the Word of God and doers of the Word of God, we need both. Let's, um, let's ask our Blessed Mother Mary and all the saints to pray with and for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Our Lady Perpetual, help look on all those who are suffering, and with your prayers intercede for them, but show them the face of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bishop Brennan, and thank you for joining us, friends, for uh, this uh, Faith Dialogue on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is for the 22nd week of Ordinary Time. Thanks again, Bishop Brennan. We're going to rejoin our regularly scheduled programming already in progress. God bless. Good day. God bless.